0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor at Games Radar and this is Radio Radar episode 52. This week on the show, Dave Roberts dives deep into New Bordeaux and talks about his adventures in Mafia 3. Lucas Sullivan looks back on his long long week reviewing PlayStation VR. And lays out for you in black and white whether or not PlayStation VR should be a purchase for you. We spend a little time talking about Gears of War 4 and close with a little bit of praise for the delightful River City Tokyo Rumble for Nintendo 3DS. Listen on. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Yeah! New slow jams, hot new slow jams after (laughs) repeat slow jams last week. I'm sorry uh, to all the listeners in the land for the fact that I I did No Diggity twice, but I feel like No Diggity needs to be done as many times as people can feel No Diggity. Am I wrong, Dave? You're not wrong. No. It's (laughs) it's It's a classic jam, that one. Right like sometimes you've got to recommend that people bag it up really awesome but uh
1: but now i have to i have to hurt you for getting chasing waterfalls stuck in my head
0: lisa left eye lopez never forget i I dislike that song (laughs) never forget dave always never forget yeah always forget (laughs) always forget (laughs) always forget That's the worst T-shirt of all time. (laughs) That's a terrible T-shirt that I'm now going to have made. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Radio Radar episode 52. My name is Anthony John Mello, and we've already we've already entered into a dark. You guys are getting yeah, we 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 started in the darkest timeline. Uh, so uh, we also have two wonderful people that have been playing some awesome video games. They're going to talk about them. We have Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts.
1: Yeah. Uh, I watched Face Off last week too. We, week. Should that. right. I, uh,
0: we should talk no, about that. That's
1: right. I like I'd seen it before, but it was a long time ago. And then I watched it again, and it was in a hotel room who had the like 60 frames a second smoothing thing on that I couldn't oh. figure out how to turn off. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like the new TVs have that. I forget what it's called, but it's like
0: like it's high it's high frame rate resolution. Yeah. like yeah. So you got full fidelity
2: okay. on Nicolas Cage grabbing a choir girl's butt.
0: Yeah. yes yes
1: and precisely it, it makes the whole movie feel worse <laughs> i think <laughs> like like it feels it, it really does feel like a movie like with that on it feels like a crappy movie that a bunch of friends made in their backyard i uh, mean technically that is what happened i mean yeah uh i'm i'm going to take his face off oh. <laughs> three times they say that in the movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is that's a, a comedy, bad that's a though. bad that's the thing. It has to be. It has to be a comedy, right?
0: Dave, I, I haven't I haven't and seen I haven't seen I haven't seen it in years and years and years, but my recollection of face off is that like a lot of faces are licked. Yes. Like there's a lot of face licking that takes place. Yes,
1: there there is there 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 are multiple instances where either faces are getting licked or like there there's that scene where uh, Nicholas Cage has that woman like suck on his tongue at the very beginning. Uh, it, there you go. Yeah, that happens. There's, that happens. Uh, uh, there's a part where like John Travolta as Nicholas Cage is, licks like, his daughter's face. Right. Yeah. Like really That's what creepy I about it. Yeah, yeah. In a church.
0: Uh, in a no. church when doves are flying. No. <laughs> I just assume everything that happens in a John Woo movie always happens in a church. Where in a church, does like Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- There's a scene
1: in the movie where John Travolta's goth daughter is like yes. wearing this like eye makeup and stuff, and John Travolta asks, like, he he is John Travolta. He's not like the bad version yet, and he says, like, <laughs> you change your face every week. He's not. Who he's am not- I- <laughs> who are you supposed to be? And I'm like, wow, subtle, John Woo, like real, just just fly the subtext. Dave, r- get over yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> they look at each other in a mirror, and se- but like they're like back to back, and they say, well, why don't we just kill each other? And then they turn around, and then they stare at each other's reflections for several seconds. <laughs> And the camera cuts back and forth. And then they finally start shooting each other. The symbolism (laughs) of this movie is just
0: chef kiss. Just mwah. (laughs) Uh, That other person that you hear uh, on this podcast who has a keen appreciation of the John Wooian arts is none other than Lucas Sullivan.
2: Hello. Uh, You'll have to excuse my my somewhat croaky voice. I've been a little sick. It's my first time in the office in a week. It's, it's been a minute. Hot. You got that Are you VR, feeling
1: you you feel, got that, are that hot, v- the hot <laughs> VR sickness? So yeah, <laughs> yeah I did high.
2: inform the rest of the staff, so uh, we don't have to share the VR unit because it's in San Francisco. <laughs> so there'll be no shipping of that to and fro. But when I was wearing the VR PSVR while sick. Those lenses were fogging up real fast. Oh, no. That
0: was gross. <laughs> Lucas, this has been my big PSVR fear, is I am, like, the sweatiest person in the world. Really? Like, you I, I, am a friend uh, in me, Anthony,
2: because my I, hands, I, I, when I'm when Oh, I'm yeah, gaming, they get bad? It's only if it's in a setting where I have to pass the controller, only then do my hands go, like, oh, <laughs> now it's time to profusely clam up the controller now
0: lucas what is what is your maximum sweats controller like what Uh, controller gives you the worst hand sweats
2: let's see so do you know the ps2 game cookie and cream
0: Oh, of course, yes. There yeah was the dual once analog. a live stream yeah.
2: where, so if you don't know, it's a game where you can two players can share one controller and they each get an yes. analog stick um, and then jump with the shoulder buttons. Lorenzo and I played that on a live stream way back in the day and we were holding up our hands to uh, <laughs> show the camera <laughs> that we were sharing the controller and he he was in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Because he is already afeard of my sweatiness uh, in terms of controllers. Oh no. He needs to wi- he needs wet wipes essentially.
0: Uh, to I wipe I down. My, like I don't know what kind of plastic it is that they started using ten years ago. But basically from the Wii on, all <laughs> Nintendo controllers it literally looks like I'd just been running my hands down a slip and slide. <laughs> Like, if I hand somebody a Wii U gamepad, a Wii controller, and a nunchuck, and it doesn't matter. Like, if you have the filthy Wii controller condom on, which, like, honestly, like, I know that they're like, this will keep it from sliding out, but I just think it feels, like, unsavory. If I hand that to somebody after I've been playing, like, Skyward Sword, it feels... Like somebody dunked the Wii controller in a vat of olive oil, like it is, it is disgusting.
2: One day, Anthony I, will have to yeah. test each other's metal in terms yes. of uh, yes. sweaty controllers.
0: We'll have we'll have a a, a Games Radar Plus uh, live streaming exhibition of sweat controller <laughs> action it'll be it'll be when street fighter 5 season 2 comes out and i come out to san francisco it'll be brilliant i do feel bad like so psvr trying it at e3 this past year not only am i a sweaty person and the los angeles convention sweat center is a a stuffy place (laughs) convention sweater yeah the convention sweater that is that is just an accurate freudian slip that's like that's just an accurate description So, not only is that a sweaty place, but, like, I was getting motion sick from Resident Evil 7, and when I took <laughs> off the headset and handed it back to the Sony attendant, it literally looked like a water balloon came out of my eyes. It was just like... <laughs> that's,
2: that's unfortunate. That's yeah, so he had
0: to go... They had, like, little wipes.
2: They had, they like, had to burn the headset after
0: that. <laughs> we're gonna need we're gonna need a new demo unit back here <laughs>
2: they sprinted somebody get us a new another headset so they could uh continue the day
0: oh it was it was gross this is this is uh very appropriate because we're actually going to talk about a game that takes place in a sweaty place a swampy place Ooh. uh the swass capital of the U- of, of the world yes. new orleans not? Uh, and not Nolan's. uh, we're going to talk about Mafia 3, which Dave Roberts, Dave, you've been really excited about Mafia 3 since E3, uh, when you got to check it out, you got to learn a little bit about what the, they were doing with the writing and the soundtrack production, and now you've spent a weekend playing it. Yes. Uh, tell me about Mafia 3, dude. Oh man, I, that,
1: uh, that game. <laughs> Is that is it, it, that a sigh of love or? It, it,
2: That's the it, same thing you said about Metal Gear Solid Five. So.
1: Okay, yeah. so but, okay, so but Metal Gear Solid Five was like technolo- <laughs> from a technological standpoint, Metal Gear Solid Five is basically perfect. Uh, Mafia Three is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> um, it is a game. It is a, it is a story and setting that deserves a better game. And I f- that, that, that's kind of been the standard from the beginning. Like, like uh, I remember playing Mafia 1 on the PS2 and then Mafia 2 later on the Xbox 360. And both of those games have really well-crafted settings and really well-crafted stories. But the gameplay surrounding all of that is just kind of, like, not bad, but just, like, it, it is very, it is basically, like, boilerplate open world design and Mafia 3 kind of I, I feel like they took the criticisms from 2 whereas like a lot of people were saying that Mafia 2 is open world is empty that you're just going from mission to mission and driving around this big empty city with nothing to do in it and they took that and then went the other way with it so you have now you have a city where what you're trying to do okay so let's start at the beginning
0: Uh <laughs> Just really quickly before you before you go right to the beginning, can okay. you explain to me who made this game? Because my understanding is that Two K Check, which is wasn't originally called Two K Check, they're the guys that made Mafia. Yes, but they're not the game. They're not the guys that made this. Is uh, that right? It looks like
1: Two K Check. I'm looking on the Wikipedia now. Two uh, K Check had a supporting role in the game's development. But okay. uh, it was developed by a studio uh, called Hangar Thirteen, okay, which is based out of California. and it's it seems like uh, hangar thirteen is like th- there are some people who worked on the other mafia games that that okay. currently work at hangar thirteen. but it it's like it was sort of a a joint effort between the two studios. It yeah, looks
0: like. so because uh, I know that the Mafia series has always like had this sort of cult following but yeah that the games have notoriously been pretty janky yes and and that and is weird. accurate and that
1: yeah doesn't change that hasn't changed <laughs> even, even though it's a new developer
0: right that's still okay so so, <laughs> so yeah
1: so yeah so the basically the Ma, uh, mafia the first game takes place in the 1940s and it's about you know the the italian it's a very very godfather kind of story um, mafia 2 is set in the 1950s, and then Mafia Three, this one, is set in the 1960s, and you actually play as a new character, uh, Lincoln Clay. He's a, a black man who went to Vietnam, fought in the war, came back, and he's like, trying to help out his uh, family and friends, and he's like, he's part um, of the, the black mafia in the city, New Bordeaux, which is sort of a fictionalized version of New Orleans. And you're going around, and everything's great. You're like you and the Italian mob are kind of working together on some stuff. And the Italian mob is, uh, they they want to replace uh, the the leader of the Black Mafia, and they want you to take over. And you're like, no, I'm loyal to the to this guy who currently runs it. I don't want to do it. And they're like, okay, that's fine, whatever. Which you know, that's never how it goes. Uh, <laughs> you do you you you, you, do, you finish a mission, you come back, and everyone's celebrating. Celebrating, and the Italian mob just basically kills all your friends, uh, <laughs> lights your lights your bar on fire, and leaves you for dead. And so now you are on a, a revenge mission, and you are trying to unite these three uh, different factions. Um, so you have Cassandra and the Haitians. Um, you have uh, Danny, I believe his name is. He's like a, he's an Irish um, g- g- mechanic. And then you have Vito Scaletta, who is uh, the main character from the second game, who was basically like... He kind of had a falling out with the Italian mob, but because he's made, he can't get whacked. So th- they've been basically trying to... Like, like, the mob that currently controls uh, New Bordeaux has been trying to make it look like he's incompetent, so the mob has no choice but to whack him. So he joins you to, to try to, like, not die. So you have these three different factions who all just kind of, like, don't really like each other.
3: Hmm. And
1: you're taking over different rackets and different districts, and then you assign them to one of your three people, and based on which, uh, who gets what... Uh, you know they the, they'll either really like you for giving them more stuff or if you don't if you neglect one of your faction members for too long they'll get upset and they'll they they could eventually leave you and and end up like basically going to war with you and all of that sounds really interesting and it's a really it's a fascinating world like they build the racial dynamics of the 1960s into its gameplay right so as lincoln clay as a black man There are certain places where if you walk into a bar, the bartender looks up and you goes, uh, Hey, can I help you? Oh, wow. And then it says that you're loitering on the top of the screen. And if you stay (laughs) in the bar too long or do something that like, uh, that looks suspicious, they'll call the cops on you. Holy shit. (laughs) That is fascinating. Uh, or like, Hey, if you're in a really poor neighborhood, uh, and you steal a car or do something illegal, the cops will take longer to respond. Wow. Than if you're in, like, a rich white neighborhood, where if you do so, something, if you look at someone the wrong way, the cops will come after you. <laughs> yeah. But
0: how does, this, how does this influence actual stuff you do in the game? Like, so, that sounds really interesting. Like, that sort of dynamism in an open world is always kind of fascinating. Right, but' it's, it's hard to see how those things affect mission structure. Like I, I love uh, Grand Theft Auto's 5's world. I think that right. Grand Theft Auto 5's landscape, like Los Santos, is one of the most amazing game spaces of all time. But for however fascinating and active as it is, and all like the schedules for the people that live in it, it doesn't really feel like the missions are demonstrably different than what you see in like Grand Theft Auto 3. So, do all of these cool, dynamic things about Mafia 3's world actually feed into the missions?
1: Yes and no. So, like, the the cops are on the take, so if you do something around the Mafia and the cops are there, they'll try to take you down rather than trying to take the mob down. Uh, so there's a little of that Um, if you break into cars like witnesses will call the cops on you and um, depending on where you are they'll either respond really quickly or not but the open world structure of this game it's like it's both what makes Mafia 3 special and also feels kind of shoehorned if that makes sense so like as you're driving around these period specific cars and you have the you know the this incredible soundtrack and the the city looks great um, well the city looks great the, the rest of it surrounding it is kind of weird but like like all of that is is building the sense of place that's really good like it, it feels really like it's a really cool recreation of this very specific era in american history but it's filled with the most workmanlike like time-wasting bs of the worst open world
0: offenders so like oh no the consumption yeah so the consumption th- so
1: so there are towers in this game no they're not, they're not towers uh they are like junction boxes that you you No. you have to you, you don't have to do are this, they on rooftops ha- no, um, I mean some of them are, but like uh, they're just they're they're these electric boxes that you open up. You you do the same crowbar minigame to break no. into them, and you put uh some some like a wiretap on it, which it basically what it does is it displays enemy presence on the map, and it also lets you know where all of the little collectibles in this specific area are. Um, and it also lets you interrogate um, specific racket owners so that you can have them join your side. So, like, w- once you reach... There are certain people that you can, um, like, rather than killing them, you can say, Hey, join me, and you add their money to your, like, to, to your urn uh, that you get uh, periodically. But the thing is, is that it's actually worse than Assassin's Creed because you have to collect... It, it, there's this special tech that you can't buy because apparently it's illegal, but there are little bits of like wiretap equipment strewn about the map. And it takes like three of them to hack into a wiretap thing. So you have to make sure that you have plenty of those. Uh, which means you have to like get out of your car, run to the th- spot, pick it up, and then you... Yeah. It's, so there's that. And then there's... <laughs> the uh so the way it works is in any given district there's a guy that you there, there's someone that you have to talk to that needs something done and he's like, okay well there there's is this
0: uh, like is this a significant figure or is it like kind of like they a story a... character or are they just like um like the weed dealer in Far cry four? kind of yeah, like, kinda like that so like, that? like you,
1: you talk to a person they're like hey the, 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 there, there's uh there's a low level mafia person or a low level person that you that we need to deal with here in order to take to take them out and then that will get you access to the higher level mafia person that you're really going after so what you're what you do is um in order to draw them out you have to complete a bunch of bs side missions so that involves like steal like uh finding a, a money drop or destroying a bar or destroying something they're they're all related to very specific kinds of things like one of them is like someone deals with alcohol so you have to you have to blow up their their like you know hassle their bars or steal the you money drop so, yeah to. or like someone's like one of them is construction so it's like one of the missions uh side missions has you go to Uh, construction site and you blow up a crane and that causes a certain amount of money dollar damage to Mm. their racket and once that gets to zero then you can take on the mission to take them out which leads you one step closer to to the next person on the uh the mafia hit list um the thing is is by the time like by the point where i'm at right now the missions are repeating and that's about oh. like eight to ten, 10 hours in. So you're just doing the same crap over and over and over again to get to these story moments. And that's the thing that breaks my heart about this game is that there is a really cool story here yeah. and a really cool world. And like, just like, like it, is, it is boldly going, like telling this story about Ray, like in a way that like Deus Ex did not. Um, yeah, right. It is it it is confronting this subject, um, and and loudly with doing bravery. so. It, it's, yeah. it's
0: doing so with bravery too. Yes, like it sounds. It sounds like the game is making some very very brave choices. You and I, you and I were talking last night, and you know, uh, you you're sort of mulling over a feature for Games Radar when you were ta- You were thinking about how your own racial identity and your own racial experience. Gave you a moment playing this game where you're like, maybe I'm not the person to write about this game, right? Because, but that's that's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible that a a triple A release from Two K Games is making you feel that way. That's right. that's very unusual.
1: Right? Yeah, it, and exciting. It, yeah, it's but like um, it it really is in a lot of ways the the exact polar opposite of Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Where Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is this. Um, uniquely designed very contained very uh authored experience where it's like like look at all these things that you can do and a lot of them are interesting and you can build your character how you want and there's all like like the game part of deus ex is really fun but its story and its politics are so milquetoast
0: that it, it... they're not even milked. that's an insult to milquetoast like, <laughs> like like they're nothing like, they, um, like th- you, th- you want to say that it doesn't have the courage of its convictions, but Deus Ex <clears throat> Mankind Divided has no convictions. Right, it has no convictions.
1: Whereas Mafia 3 is the exact opposite. It is it is a game that is specifically setting out to tell a specific story and have a specific message. I mean, like, a lot of that message is racism is bad. But that's still more of well, a message fine. than, yeah. I'm, like, literally any game that I've... Any mainstream game that I've played. Sure. Um... But its game design is so bog sta- like it is a bog standard cover shooter, bog standard stealth game, bog standard open world, um, and like, and, and like the, the 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 thing that really like sealed it for me that is like sort of emblematic of this game is that there are these side missions that you can do to like help increase your earn, and what they do, and it, it, it's basically the the missions are simple as drive down to this point in the bayou get to a car or a boat that may or may not be there if the mission hasn't bugged out, um, <laughs> steal the thing, and then take it back to your base. Um, and your reward for doing so is uh, you get a little bit more money each uh, each time uh, for your earn, but you also get to talk to the person who's running these uh, rackets again. And you get these really cool, just very interesting little moments of discussion where you're talking about their history or the 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 culture of the era or you know the struggles that they have to go through and there are these really great small moments and like they're an incredible reward for such a like such a boring mission yeah and like that's that's kind of mafia 3 in a nutshell it's also buggy as hell like the lighting (laughs) is really weird um it's really weird
0: like, I know you've told me a lot about the bugs that you've experienced. Dave Houghton, who is writing uh, our review of it and is writing a review diary of Mafia 3 that is being updated throughout the week, uh, has mentioned the glitches a lot. But I gotta tell you, man, like, I if a game is fascinating, if a game is doing something interesting, if a game has something to say, I could give a shit how glitchy it is. Like... You know, oh, uh, for the sure. Classic exa- the classic example is Deadly Premonition. Like, Deadly Premonition <laughs> on Xbox 360, it's a it's a freaking miracle if you can play that game for longer than, you know, an hour with it, like, running properly. But who cares? Because it's awesome. Because it's it's so interesting. The characters are so interesting. The world is so interesting. And ultimately, the gameplay, despite the fact that it's so buggy, is fascinating. Like it's giving you interesting things to do and it's killing me listening to you talk about mafia three, because this game sounds like I want to have that moment where I meet these characters and it informs Lincoln's experience at the end of these stages. But the roteness of the open world, go do this mission, shoot this thing. I I will never play it Yeah, because that, that is the kiss of goddamn death to
1: me. Like the story (laughs) missions themselves are pretty, they're pretty good. Um, like the, the the specifically like handcrafted, you know, go to this mission point and do this thing in this set piece. Like those are pretty cool. Like I, I've yeah. been enjoying those moments, but it's it's the build up to get to those. It's the part where you have to go to each disc. and this is what I was worried about when I watched the that presentation at E3 where they were like yeah each of these districts you have to complete like a series of like 12 to 15 different mission types in order to wear them down <laughs> to confront excuse-y? them and it, and I'm like oh god this is this is going to be like like I, it reminds me of mercenaries where mercenaries was really cool for like the first 6
0: hours right right or just cause yeah like, or, or just cause any yeah. or any of the uh the the sort of post grand theft auto vice city stories post san andreas open world games from the past decade yeah where where you know like they are they are closer to what was once known as a gta clone right than modern open world games like even like saints row like saints row has sort of drifted away from that model right this mercenaries uh Saboteur, your beloved Saboteur, Dave. Oh, man, yeah. That, 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 and that's a game where, like, I really want to love that game, but,
1: you know, the, it's got the consumption. It's got the yeah. do this one thing a thousand times uh, versus, Terrible. like, here's this... Here's, like, several dozen things that you do a couple of times each. Like, yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stick with Mafia 3 to the end because I stuck with the others, and I, like these this series and I suppose why should it change now uh, has been a game that I has been a series that I've joined uh, enjoyed in spite of itself yeah because it's a thing where it's like we don't we don't see a lot of historical fiction in mainstream games we don't see no. a lot of these like examinations of uh, I mean like yeah there's Grand Theft Auto but even that still like that feels like it's a very' Sarcastic, yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, with, so,
0: like, with the exception of San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto is just always Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, like it's it's not it's it not doing fi- anything seriously. It doesn't feel it, like an honest examination of no, like it's, American it's culture. Sam ha- it's Sam Howser basically sitting down and just retelling whatever movie he's watched that month. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ooh, Ex- let's see. Except <laughs> instead of instead of Facebook, we'll
1: call it we'll call it piss book and it's right like, yeah
0: <laughs> like, man you know i i life this, invader uh, get can it you talk about this game and and the fact that you're gonna stick with it like i lucas you said something a few weeks ago on the podcast that has just been like stuck in my mind <laughs> <laughs> like a mantra that I hear over Whoa. and over again. What,
2: what did that I I
3: say? I,
0: I hear Lucas Sullivan in my head constantly going, I don't know about you, but I play video games to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's, that's just been like in my brain. And I, you know, everybody, fun is subjective. Right. You can't sit there and have the game pro yelling face for fun factor <laughs> right. and have what that I speak to everyone. i know you you are the game pro yelling but but like when i hear that mafia 3 does all these things that are there are a very interesting examination of a time and a place that is specific like it doesn't matter that new bordeaux is a you know fake city Like it is it is, is a, it is a examined... more real feeling city than Actual Seattle from Infamous Second (laughs) Son. Yes! Yeah. Actual Seattle in Infamous Second Son feels like the worst Epcot Center exhibit of all time. It really does. I (laughs) mean, like, (laughs) they nailed the Seattle Center. Yes. And that's it. (laughs) And they nailed, like, I'm sorry, there just aren't that many sub-pop stickers in the the, the universe, (laughs) Infamous. But yeah, like, like, playing this game doesn't sound fun. Playing playing this game sounds it sounds old fashioned in a bad way. Yes. Whereas and, 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 you know, that's the yeah. funny thing, right? Like it, it is it is simultaneously
1: a game that is like examining our past, but also like the game design is just like it's ancient. Yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. what
2: this sounds like to me. In the year of our Lord twenty sixteen, this is just screaming for a YouTube Mafia three the movie. You watch yep. the parts that are interesting, yes. and you yep. skip yes. all the BS. Yeah, yes. and like
1: the thing is though, is that like 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 uh, like I said before, if you take that open world out though, if it's just a series of missions, then you don't have those moments where you can just kind of soak up the world, where you can't you can't just like drive along and listen to some some Louisiana restaurant owner talking about really? four o'clock happy hour and then segueing into a rolling stones track while you're driving down the freeway.
0: Do like you need all the missions and collectibles though, because no. like, I feel, I feel like we've gotten to a place where people can have an open world that isn't cluttered with bullshit. <laughs> like metal gear, solid fives world is, you know, in a lot of ways, so empty. Yeah, and you're just left out there, and it takes you a billion years to hoof it from one end to the other. And you know the only. At least only... you can run infinitely, though. You can run infinitely, and like there, I. How many times can you hear Rebel yell by Billy Idol? I don't know before going insane. Yeah, I've never, I've never met that limit. I've... I. I... Yeah, like <laughs> I, I will never get tired of being like, Well, I could do one more side mission. That's a twenty minute walk away across <laughs> Metal Gear's open world. He <laughs> wants more, more, more. It's very sexual. It side. I'm like, this is awesome. This is I love this. But like like I, I think about how that experience makes that world feel so real to me. Right. Like going across Afghanistan and Metal Gear Solid Five over and over and over again. I'm not being like collect all the feathers, snake, or find these pieces of a sea shanty, or this this <laughs> typical bullshit yeah. that they put in the world. And there's like games. a little bit
1: of it there, but you don't need to engage with that. No, and and it's that, not
0: like, it's not shoved in your face, and it right. sounds like it's unavoidable in mafia. It sounds like you can't get away from it. Yeah, and man, it breaks my heart. <laughs> because like th- this
1: this game like I said these game this game these characters they they des- the story they deserve a better frame a yeah. better game a better framework because like 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 I said I'm going I'm gonna play this game in spite of it and I'm gonna finish it because I want to see where this story goes I want to see what happens I want you know. Uh, I want to spend more time with these characters, and I want to like the, the 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 sort of like like we talked about before the sort of the racial landscape of that era is is one that like like people they don't make games about that.
0: No, they don't. I, they, I mean, they, they don't they don't make like yes, they there there are people that make games that challenge ideas of race and, and explore racial relations a, across the world. Right. But like, we're talking, we're talking like a steam release. We're talking some early access nonsense. We're not talking I, early access games. Aren't nonsense. Everybody. I, I, it's, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage <laughs> that. I'm just saying that they're, they're games made on a much smaller scale. Well, yeah. Like I, uh, uh, I, pl-
1: I just, I played a game that I wrote about, uh, the, uh, article went up today, um, called wheels of Aurelia. Um, And that is a small uh, independent game from the team that made uh, Mirror Moon EP, where it's Mm. like 15-minute bite-sized chunks where you're driving along um, the Via Aurelia, this, uh, this road in Italy... And you just have conversations with people, and you're just talking about the political landscape of 1970s Italy, which is just rife with political turmoil and uh, terrorism, and but on both on the like the the left and uh, the fascists like are are just having having it out. So many people died, and you're just having these like little conversations with people. But that's an experience that is created by a very small team. That, right. you know, wants to tell this story. And, like, that is not a game that is going to be a million-seller. Like, yeah. like, 2K wants Mafia 3 to be. And for 2K to say, like... And, and for this team to say, yes, this is the story that we want to tell. This is the... We we want to confront these issues. And we want to show them in, in a light that, you know... Like, is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is why I wanna continue playing this game. Like like Lucas, you were you were talking about like I play games to have fun. And I, I totally agree with that. I totally empathize with that. Uh, I also enjoy having fun with games. But for me, fun like like fun is is a word that I don't just apply to game mechanics. Like yeah. I will play a game like like I watch movies that, you know don't go anywhere for two hours because I want to, <laughs> you know, have like have my my preconceived notions challenge, or I want to have a story that challenges me, or gets me to think about something in a different way, and that, right, and that's fun, and that's, that's fun. fun, yeah, that's fun for me too. So it's like mm-hmm. I'll put up with the game, like the the boring open world bullshit, because the fun for me isn't the gameplay; it's getting to spend time and 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 deal with these issues. In a way that I haven't seen before, like that's that's fun, and that's like 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 and and it's and it it's and again it's another thing. It's like it's weird to talk about fun in a in a manner that like you know like oh racism like, I (laughs) and again it's but you know it's and it's another thing that makes me feel like I am not the right person to be talking about this game. I, I want to see other, I want to see people of color writing about this game. I want to see their experiences and I want to see their stories because I am not, you know, as as a white male, like this I, I'm in a very privileged position just to be able to check sit on the outside check Yeah, check to sit privilege. on the outside and, and, and look in at, at the, you know like I didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. I don't have to. And I want to I want to see writing and, and, and stories of people who like are playing this game that have to live with this. Mm. And that's uh, the, that's that's what fascinates me about it.
0: I, I'm curious, have either of you guys ever taken a recent game and done the YouTube watch where it's just a threaded together version of like cutscenes and relevant stages rather than play through? Have you ever just watched a game at this point?
2: I can't think of any I've done recently, but I've recommended that to other people. Like yeah. uh, Lorenzo hadn't played through Injustice or Mortal Kombat X, and I was like, "Seriously, just watch the cutscenes. They are, <laughs> they are worth the time." And I think he enjoyed that. That's that fully. seems
1: a little different, though. Whereas like the story is just is, is the framework around a handful of fights, whereas like. Something like like Mafia Three, or like even Metal Gear Solid. If you're just yeah. watching a bunch of cutscenes, it, it it misses.
0: You lose the story. Yeah, because the story.
1: because the game is part of that. I
2: yeah. will say like uh, there were some. So for Dark Souls Three, Dark Souls Three side quests, I mm. missed a bunch because that's just the nature of playing that game without a guide. Of um, course. But the videos out there do a pretty good job of they'll show. The conversation. Then they'll show a lead up to a fight, then the fight itself, then the aftermath, um, and any cutscenes related to that. So, yeah, people are people are getting. It's it must be scary to be a game developer thinking like, who will, is going to be the first person to reduce this to something that can be consumed for free?
1: Well, it's like yeah, uh, the the developer of that Dragon Cancer. I mean, he got sort of reasonably upset when because it's a game that takes maybe an hour and a half to two hours to finish it's you know it's a very it is a narrative story it is a story about a very specific thing that you move through Mm -hmm. and people are just uploading full playthroughs of the game to youtube and it's like you wouldn't do that with a movie you wouldn't just take you wouldn't just take the godfather (laughs)
0: <laughs> and record hands it, up, and hands on, on with the godfather part two vhs um <laughs> so, godfather yeah. part three walkthrough
1: yeah it's weird like it, it's a weird time and like you're seeing some developers take advantage of that and and, and implement things to try to appeal to streamers and those have yeah you know mixed success and... it's really
0: funny there there are there is actually one game that i have sort of done it with but i did it because the game sucked <laughs> 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 but i was fascinated by how ter- like how bat shit it was uh drank a guard three oh my Ooh. god i by, you, yeah
2: want to play I, that but i suspect that's the smarter decision <laughs>
0: So I I would I would recommend doing it the way I did it Lucas which is I played the first I I played the the story start to finish uh on easy and that doesn't like change endings or anything but like all Yoko Taro games you have to play it twice <laughs> to get the complete story Whee. So yeah so I I I played through all of it, and then, like, it gets really hard, even on easy, and the game is not good enough. It, it would basically be like, go play Bayonetta, but we're going to break your hands first. <laughs> that's, so that's what it feels like playing Dragon Guard, and when it gets really demanding the action, you're like, nope, I don't want anything I'm to do up. with this. So I ended up watching all of the cutscenes. Uh, but I also find, like, watching playthroughs of some games makes me want to play it more but that tends to not be narrative heavy games you know like uh when i see playthroughs of catherine stages i always sit there and think to myself like "Ooh, awesome i want to go play catherine yeah um but
1: always around whenever they do the the games done quick stuff yeah i watch the playthroughs of that stuff and i'm like oh yeah i should go back and play like like the Catherine, uh, t- like one guy doing a two-player speed run through Catherine, which is uh, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. yeah. Was like, oh, I got I gotta play that game again. Um, <laughs> just like he is, two
2: Ooh. two controllers one
0: dude. Yep, two two controllers one dude. This is a this is a true story. I uh, the week Catherine came out was the week before I proposed to my wife Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> And, I like, I was sitting in my home, like, kind of freaking out, and I I lived in a studio apartment at the time, so I was constantly worried, like, is she going to check the pocket of my coat and find the fucking ring in there? Is that going to happen to me? And, like, she came over, and she's like, what are you playing? I was like, don't worry about it! Don't! And she, she even kind of looks, she's Catherine with a K, and she's a tall, busty brunette, just like... Good, so have glasses. Yes, <laughs> it was a whole no. thing. I kept like I, I kept could... like looking out my window to see if some kind of blonde like twenty year old was gonna show up, being like, "Let's go get a drink." i be like, "No, no!" I could Did totally
2: you... see you doing the face that's like the close up on Vincent <laughs> where his eyes Your are just eyes sort are of like going nuts, twitching, yeah. and the face where Ram his horns? jaw is like way too open. Mm-hmm. To be humanly possible,
0: yeah that that was me. That was me and Catherine. Uh, so Lucas, we we we've talked about your love of fun, and and your your being the I'm game pro fundsman. guy. Uh, I'm the fundsman, the resident fundsman. Uh, as the resident fundsman, you have been uh, spelunking in the new caves of fun. That yes. is the world of VR. Yeah, you, you've been you've been in the PlayStation VR mines. I the was in there for like a, a
2: week solid last week. Yeah, it was
0: intense. Tell me, tell me about that machine, man. I've had one on my face. Dave's had one on his face. Dave enjoyed being Batman. I almost vomited. <laughs> in uh, Batman? No, not in Batman. Okay. Resident Evil Seven is what made me vomit. Th- i okay. I've, I've I, had,
2: I might know, you know the problem. I haven't played Resident Evil 7 in VR, but I did play The Kitchen, which is like the teaser. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I think they had some kinks with the perspective because Kitchen is really short, so I'm going to spoil it here. Uh, But, you know, previews basically explain the whole thing. You get this lady who has a knife, and she kills a dude right in front of you and then puts the knife in your face. And whenever that happened, I would get the thing where it felt like my eyes were crossed, where the knife is like supposed to be right in front of me but it is different in both eyes or that's what it felt like Um, so I think maybe that is part of what would make you sick did you have that sensation
0: yes that sensation and it's also (laughs) speed Uh, so at New York Comic Con this past weekend I didn't play it but I talked to some people who were there trying out the Resident Evil 7 demo that they brought there which is a different one than mm. what they had at e3 and apparently it is demonstrably slowed down like character movement is much slower than it was mm. in the e3 build and it was just it, it was a combination of things i i tend to uh i get pretty bad you know frame rate motion sickness anyway uh and th- my playstation vr experience were actually very good i did farpoint and had no problems whatsoever and i enjoyed farpoint quite a bit hmm. um i'm you curious the gun what's it peripheral yeah I, I had the gun i had the i had the blast <laughs> what
2: is the actual name for <laughs> it? it's probably not that right
0: i i i think the official name of it is in creative things to do with pvc piping bought at home depot that is <laughs> no wait that can't be right <laughs> hold on hold <laughs> on tick. i don't think i don't think sony would release a product with home depot in the name <laughs> You don't know that. You you don't say. I am I am curious what it's like to have this thing in not a demo session, Lucas. You know, can can you sort of walk us through what it was like setting this thing up for the first time and what it's like approaching reviewing something like the PlayStation VR? Because it's one thing to go and try it out for fifteen minutes, and it's another thing entirely to be in it for a week.
2: Yeah, so I approached the review from three pillars, I guess you could say. Uh, the first was the headset and how comfortable it was. The second, which was uh, more minor, was the setup process and like w- the kind of space you need to use it. And then the third was the game, the launch game library, which I've played the majority of. There are still a few games I haven't gotten to try yet, like um, the PlayStation VR, the Room which lets you play with other people who aren't wearing the headset. They haven't signed us code for that yet, unfortunately. So, uh, but I have played quite a bit. Um, and let's just go down the list. So I'll get the, the minor stuff out of the way. The first, the setup is pretty simple, but it's intimidating at first. It's basically, if you have like a home theater setup, <laughs> it, it, this is going to be a pain because there are a butt ton of wires. Uh, and they they all need to be plugged into the processor unit, which is, it basically works where the PS4 and the TV connect to the processor unit, and that is what handles whatever is on the TV screen. Uh, But apparently that
1: doesn't support HDR. Like, if you have the PS4 Pro, yeah, the processor unit, like, you have to connect the PS4 Pro directly to your TV, to handle hdr
0: <laughs> that's wait, a wait, wait, ridiculous wait. Uh, this is actually something i've been very curious about do you still need the processor unit with a playstation 4 pro yes oh that i
2: yeah i think i
0: i,
1: I believe so yes you because do. what 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 the uh, the uh, what i was reading in that um FAQ, the the psvr faq that uh, got posted which is quite was that the, helpful yeah the 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 processor unit is basically it is handling the video feed um, that goes to your TV. Like it, it's not processing graphics for your VR unit. It's basically right. like it's like an Elgato capture.
0: Okay. All it right. is. A, it is an
1: that HDMI splitter that is sending video feed to the TV. And it is uh, so like because there are some games that you can play like someone can play something on the TV while you're doing something in VR, or it'll sure. display a screen um, of like, like just the title screen while you're playing in VR or whatever, or it'll display uh, rather than the the two split images, I think it just displays like a single image on right. the TV screen. This uh,
0: thing sounds like the goddamn 32x of 2016. That's what this thing sounds. <laughs> yeah. Like.
2: Here's the thing. Here's my question to that, Dave. Is like. Uh, if it was like an Elgato, why do you think it needs a power source and to be plugged in via USB to the PS4?
0: Good question.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I, which I don't, I don't know the answer to.
1: Well, it, it seemed maybe because it's doing a little bit more video processing than like something like an Elgato requires. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, or or maybe you know what? Maybe it was cheaper. I don't know. I don't know. The reason why it doesn't support HDR is probably because it was cheaper too, which is a weird thing to release when in the next month you have a console coming out
0: that you're trying to push that supports
1: HDR.
2: A bit odd i don't art. know
0: well it see it seems like the entire marketing approach for playstation vr is playstation vr don't worry about it <laughs> yeah. like that's that seems to be sony's <laughs> entire marketing blitz uh so yeah oh, lucas walk walk us through the rest of uh, uh the, the rest of your your pillars
2: yeah yeah so once it's all set up which doesn't take long um The headset itself is by far my favorite. So I, like you guys, have done a ton of demos in PSVR, the Oculus Rift, and the HTC Vive. And then we've had all three of those in our office for a long time, which I've used uh, pretty frequently. Not like every day or anything, uh, but enough to have a good feel for all three. And the PlayStation VR headset by far... Is the most comfortable and my favorite uh, to actually take on and off because it's really simple. Mm. Um, The main components uh, that make it so comfortable is that it's on your head like a hat rather than something that's strapped to your face, which feels (laughs) quite awful after 30 minutes, at least for me. Um, And I have, it doesn't get sweaty or anything in my experience. Like, Every time I go to a demo station, they'll always wipe it down between uses. But I've never had to do that. Um, and the longest I've been in there was four hours. Oh, and wow. And I felt fine. Holy
0: crap. Yeah. Four hours?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I just played. a. The funny thing is, like, I, I can't think of any one game I would spend that long playing But I just was bouncing between stuff and wanted to see how long it could go. And I think I could have gone longer, quite honestly. Did you you take
1: the headset off and go, I am a computer?
2: (laughs) (laughs) There was no body to take it off. I was just in (laughs) virtual reality at that point.
1: You woke up like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix in his little pod, (laughs) taking the hose out of his mouth and (gasps) breathing.
2: Covered in lubricant, no eyebrows.
0: Just no eyebrows the but F then you woke up you woke up a second time because the matrix demo ended and then there was a shitty prosthetic fake dolphin in the room and again you were keanu reeves <laughs> sitting in a neon jacket and it was Johnny Mnemonic.
2: and iced tea was
0: screaming in my face PlayStation VR is a perilous Keanu Reeves experience <laughs> and i said i want
1: robe service <laughs> Great movie. Um, so did you did you notice any jittering at all while you were playing like i was reading some of the reviews and um like some seem to have problems with um the camera ha- have or the, the vr something ha- w- was going wrong where like you would hold a notepad in batman but the notepad would just move back and forth uh because of the tracking or whatever was was basically causing these minor jitters. Uh did you yeah. have any issues with that or So
2: what's interesting is I played the Batman Arkham VR uh full version uh and I was getting these really disorienting jitters where the entire world was seeming to shift oh, which geez. was just awful. But that then sounds awful. Oh, they had an update go out uh, during the review session essentially Um, so it's an update for the entire PS4 and then after that I play the entirety of Arkham VR no problem and didn't have any of those jitters so I'm wondering if they actually addressed that or maybe it was just a weird I don't don't know what it could have been but uh, nothing changed on a hardware end and Hmm. the problem in the software went away Um, Hmm. so yeah, I, I'm, I didn't have too many problems with uh, jitters. I will say, so I tested it out, set up in the office where there's a big, big old space we can use and then in my room, which is a lot more cluttered and narrow. Um, and I did have problems where the controller tracking uh, and the head tracking wasn't so great when the camera was in my room because it would sit on a TV where it doesn't have like full view of the controller that's in my lap, um, and I would say the head tracking just in general is not great because uh, having used the Vive, that's like the gold standard of feeling like your whole body is being sensed. Uh,
1: right, but like that—that's also that's an $800 device that yeah, has two cameras and requires cameras. like a 10-foot room.
2: <laughs> you need an entire empty room essentially if you want. The room scale stuff so it's quite the trade-off uh but yeah by far my favorite headset because it's so dang comfortable uh and it's a lot easier to put on take off and then exchange it between people uh because the eyepiece isn't resting on your face it's resting in front of it supported by the sort of halo like band that goes around your head uh so it's way easier to get things in focus quickly, rather than Velcro strapping it up and just <laughs> hating your life. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was with,
1: the, that, that was one of the things that I noticed when I was demoing stuff. It was just like you, you just kind of slide it on and then click the thing if you need to tighten it, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, and then you're good your to go. End.
2: Whereas with uh, Rift and Vive, I feel like I, I can never get it just so. So I end up just saying, like, eh, F it, let's go in this. It'll be comfortable enough that I can wear it for, like, 30 <laughs> minutes and then feel like I need to come up for air. Uh, but, yeah, with the PSVR, like, I was in there, and I was feeling feeling great. Uh, and then the games themselves. So this is where I feel like to be an early adopter of any new tech, you kind of have to have a willingness to... Overpay for experiences that are not like the dollar to entertainment ratio you're going to get from them is just yeah. It's not called the next principle, principle. <laughs> the next huh. Cerny's the gambit NAC principle.
3: <laughs> Cerny's gambit is even better. <laughs> <laughs> Holy
0: shit, Cerny's gambit. Oh my god. But uh, yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: I can't. Yeah, there's no better. There's no better way to put it. Um, <laughs> a lot of the games are really good, but they're also very short or very limited. So when I say limited, I mean like they're arcade experiences based on short gameplay loops that you're doing for high scores. So yeah. the games I really love right now are uh, Super Hypercube and Thumper. Uh, and then I'm really excited to play Res Infinite. But all three of those games, you know, you're not gonna play for hours on end. You're gonna play them a couple times, right. really enjoy that experience. And then if you feel compelled to get high scores, then you'll go back and try to try to rack up the points. But there's not much. I I, I don't think depth is the right word, because. Like I think Super Happy Cube is it's the game like, that like, would sell like, me on PlayStation VR if I couldn't already play it.
0: I always think about this, Lucas. It's like it's like a, like meat is the only word that I can think of that's appropriate. It's games without a lot of meat on the bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Does it's, that make very, sense? it's
2: good marbly meat. It's got right nice right. fat fat lining in it. <laughs> it tastes really perfect.
0: good. Perfect. Yeah, it tastes good. Like Res Res Infinite is the perfect example. Like it's going to be delicious but you're not going to be like well there's there's 60 hours this fall that's my big game
2: <laughs> and you don't necessarily need that i would say but yeah you yeah. have to be prepared to pay cuz like super hypercube i was pretty surprised it's 30 bucks and yeah
1: i saw that price like... and i i bristled a little bit like whoa <laughs>
2: Come on. It'd be like like,
1: like Fez was 10 bucks when that game came out.
2: Yeah. And, and that seemed honestly, like a more
1: substantial
2: It'd be like know. paying $30 for a super hexagon, which I mean, people love that game, but when you put that number on it, that price on it, then suddenly it's like ooh.
1: <laughs> that's that, that's that VR tax though, you know. It's <laughs> the, you know, yeah, p- people um, paid sixty dollars to play Lair on PS3. So, oh, yeah, yeah, they sweet did. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> on their
2: on their six hundred dollar people... PS3. Yeah, some uh,
0: people paid for that copy of Lair, and some people never regretted it. I'm not naming names. <laughs> Some people didn't have a chance to play, the, play it, though, What with
1: the two jobs that they had to pick up to pay for the their two, PS3. The, 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 two, um. the
0: two jobs. I, I beat Lair. And uh, I, I in fairness... And you're I a better played, man for it. I played Lair start to finish after the patch came out that allowed you to just, like, play it like a normal play the game, person, like a human, <laughs> Like a human being instead of the six-axis. And I got to the end, and... I, I, this is this was like a late Friday night and my roommate walks in, it's like late and he's like, well how did that go? And I just go, well I've done worse things with my time <laughs> and I took a shot of whiskey and then I go but I've done a lot better things with my time <laughs> which so I think well that that, well that story encapsulates the entire Factor 5 experience but <laughs> <laughs> Talked
2: about. Lucas, would you uh, even rogue, rogue leader?
0: Even even rogue leader, we'll say we'll say rogue squadron and rogue squadron three, but not rogue leader because rogue leader <laughs> is the best. Rogue uh, squadron
2: three was uh, one of my worst worst purchases. <laughs> rogue
0: squadron three, you run around on the ground as Luke Skywalker, and it looks like Luke Skywalker just took a dump in his pants the entire time. <laughs> i don't to me, know i
2: remember him looking like a puppet just like yes <laughs> strung along through the yeah
0: yeah they're not not the best not the best uh if anybody like lucas would you have purchased a playstation vr like if based on your experience
2: do you yeah, think so... that this is
0: a thing you're like i'll, I'll go out and get
2: I that was actually the exact way I, I wanted to wrap up the review which um, it seems kind of divisive right now so I know a bunch of people I, Dave I think you're in this camp if I'm not mistaken you had it pre-ordered but then you cancelled pre-order? I did pre-order? not okay, that was I, did, I,
1: I wasn't able to wake up early enough to get <laughs> it and- <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean like okay i didn't care enough to wake up early enough to get yeah he said i'll
2: t- i'll keep 400 bucks in my wallet thank you very yeah. much um susan so, did
0: that though susan, susan yes our, our fearless leaders susan aren't uh had a pre-order that she that she subsequently canceled uh and after i after e3 I, did, I believe after e3 yeah after spending a lot of time with it so
2: So I am in the camp of it doesn't make sense to me because I don't own a PlayStation camera, which is required, so I'd have to buy that. I don't own two move controllers, which are not required but highly recommended for a lot of the games. Mm. Um, They're just better and more intuitive when you use them. Uh, And $400 is not a small amount of money. um, To play these games that, while... They're su- the the, the, be- blah, 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 blah. the better ones are super immersive and the ones that like Super Hypercube are things you simply can't experience any other way. Mm-hmm. Those are super compelling for me, but they're not $400 plus game cost plus peripheral cost good, uh, at least not yet. And there's no there's no one game where it's like, this justifies me buying the entire into the entire platform
0: yeah i you know man and the other the other thing is is i i say this as a guy who uh, and i i tweeted about this this morning and uh we actually retweeted it on the game's radar account so you could see this but i say this as a person who has 14 consoles hooked up to his television (laughs) right now I saw uh, that
2: picture and was like, "Sweet baby Jesus, there's a there's a dead yeah. cat in there for sure."
0: Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's some kind of there's some it is like dagobah back there. Uh I I'm not afraid of cables. Uh but at the same time, like I feel like the juice needs to be worth the squeeze. And every single time I hear about like, "You need the PlayStation camera hooked up. You need the processor unit hooked up with a power source into the TV." and like call me back guys when your <laughs> vr helmet has progressed to a technological point that it works like the playstation gold headset where it's a little usb dongle and it goes in the console Ooh, that'll
2: that'll be the day and that'll be sweet that's
0: uh, it like this this sounds like a lot of money for something that is nonetheless very interesting but that is that is that juice uh, I love the phrase, is the juice worth the squeeze? That's a good phrase.
2: And, I've not heard that before.
0: Yeah, is the juice worth the squeeze? And this sounds like the juice is delicious, but it's, it's like prune juice with moonshine in it. I don't know who has that specific flavor, but... <laughs> <laughs> they're passionate about it they're into me, it it'll be like, worth it to them <laughs>
2: it's like if you are paying someone else to squeeze the fruit for you to get the juice because you're paying a premium you're gonna get that juice but <laughs> yeah. it's gonna cost you uh yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: like i i i really like i really want one uh you get, I think you it's got really that great... fomo <laughs> you got that yeah yeah but,
2: but you're not missing out, Dave. It's fine. Yeah, well,
1: not just that, but like, like I, I, I played Thumper at PS uh, or at PAX East in VR, in PSVR, and mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and then uh, I got a code, and I've been playing it on the PS4 like without the headset, and I'm like this is fun. But like I I want that feeling like that game is stealing my soul. Yeah. I want so, I want to be in this this John Carpentarian nightmare and experience <laughs> it and I feel like Thumper is missing something because I don't have that headset. But the thing is though, is that the cost to get that feeling, I don't have that kind of money.
2: Yeah. And uh, Nor nor I. And yeah, I feel so, like uh, it's tricky because I feel like games like Thumper and Res Infinite, where you can play them without VR, uh, mm-hmm. you really should be playing them in VR. And to do any less is kind of you're ruining it for yourself, which yeah. it's such a tricky, tricky thing to figure out because you don't want to exclude people wholesale. But <laughs> like now that I've played uh, Thumper in VR, there's no way I'm gonna play it without it. Um, yeah.
1: It's a different because, game. Like like uh, even yeah. like I put the headphones on and it's still like I, I still I get close to that feeling, but I don't get that like like take the headset off and go, How long was I in there? Oh my god. Like and then three days have passed.
2: Here um, you've grown a full full beard.
1: <laughs> beard. Like I, I feel like a part of me is just gone, <laughs> and
0: I'll never get it back. But I can't. Your shirts sure all, in. F- your shirts all frayed. You have really long hair. Uh, uh, f-
2: but counterpoint, I will say. Uh, so Louise Blaine, our news editor, uh, she's been reviewing games in VR uh, for about as long as I was. But I was focused on the hardware. She was focused on the software, and she is going to buy one. Um, as is. Andy Hardup, uh, our UK executive editor, uh, and they feel like you know those experiences justify the buy-in, and it can only get hmm. better from here, which I think is true. Um, so it it really just depends on like I think if you're the kind of person who is really interested in VR as a platform as a whole, uh, but you were waiting to see uh, once all three were on the market which one to get. I do think PlayStation VR is the best option but it's it all comes back to like are you willing to buy into VR in the first place? Uh, yeah, and this is yeah, the cheapest headset but yeah, it, it's still a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And, like if it's it's the cheapest and it seems it's like the easiest to set up and just get into and play. Yeah. Like for sure. it's good enough to be a compelling VR experience without having to jump through a bunch of hoops or Velcro or spent because like a lot of people forget like oculus rift is $600 but that doesn't include the touch controls or but, the kind of PC that you would need right <laughs> to to build to play games on it you know yeah, like which the, is the, not
2: something everyone is gonna have for sure yeah um, so
0: yeah yeah uh, I it so it sounds like it sounds like this first run is for anybody that has been captivated by VR but hasn't had the budget to go full bore on an Oculus or a Vive, et cetera. Uh, and has a PlayStation already. It does not sound like the kind of thing that like, if you're interested in VR and don't have a PlayStation four drop the $650. <laughs> it's going to cost you to get the PlayStation VR. And a yeah. wait, is that even right? No, $750 that's a lot of money plus
2: camera plus the games (laughs) themselves are oddly priced too because there's no standardized pricing uh so like batman vr is twenty dollars and it took me about um i want to say like two hours to 100 percent it but those were a great two hours so for me that was totally worth it
1: well and you know like abzu is two hours long and that's a 20 dollars game like 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 the, the 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 cost, I think, for Batman is proportionate to the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I have, no, then, pro- I have
0: no problem with a two-hour game. I mean, you know, something who here like, likes Mega Man? <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, t- talk about Mega Man. Talk about fun. I yeah. love the Robot Master stages. F those Wily stages, man. <laughs> Just that, depends on scratch. the Mega Man.
0: Depends. It depends on the Mega Man. You gotta. You got a, you got good Wiley stages in two and three and
2: if you have good, the E tanks to Yeah
0: if you got <laughs> to get through. Well it. man, you talking to me about E tanks. That's a whole nother Get, That's...
1: get good, Lucas. That's get a whole good
2: kettle of fish.
1: This is the one time that Anthony's allowed to say get good, so yeah. allow him <laughs> that privilege.
0: If it's if it's made before nineteen ninety eight, I'm actually really good at it. Uh yeah, um speaking of games where there is uh some divisiveness about the n- which of them are good and which of them are not good. Uh we're not talking about Mega Man, but we are going to bring up Gears of War Four. Gears of Four. Uh, Gears, Gears of, Gears of, War. of Four. <laughs> war, fla. Fla. Oh, that's, that's, a fla- that's a UK
1: title. It yeah. gives <laughs> a floor.
0: Fla. Here's
2: the thing. Every time they use that pun on Facebook, I just go, dang it. Because <laughs> who the F is going to know what that means besides our buddies in the UK? Uh,
0: So I, I have not played this yet. Lucas has been experiencing it through his roommate, but Dave yes. Roberts has dived in. Uh, before first you start hand. talking about how the beginning of Gears Four is, Dave, let's all let's all cover who, which, what is your favorite Gears? Lucas, what is your favorite Gears? Uh,
2: I think one because it didn't have, it wasn't trying to be super emotional, and I played it. I played all the first three Gears in co-op, um, and that was the most fun to just run through, and yeah. and shoot shoot stuff. Uh, and I appreciate what they, they did with uh, Dom, but it just felt real heavy handed to me, especially when you're like with a buddy on the couch. <laughs> I, I laughed when. <laughs> well, you've, <laughs> super you've, heard, you've heard the happened. outtake,
0: right? Have you ever heard the outtake? No. Oh my God, there is an act when they did the voice recording for that scene, the famous. And like everybody. Calm the hell down. It's been like nine years. <laughs> Spoiler warnings for Cures of War 2. Dom's wife beefs it. He finds her, but she she is a bug person and he shoots her in the face. So in, in the in the recording studio, they have Dom being like, Maria! And then he shoots her to like put her out of her misery. Yes. And the guy that did Marcus Phoenix's voice goes, Nice shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's dangle. So they, uh, I can't remember his name now, but Jake from uh, Adventure Time. Oh, my God. Bender. Oh, the yeah. Joe DiMaggio. Yes. yes. Thank you. John DiMaggio.
0: Yeah. John DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio is the baseball player. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio yeah, he's the luckiest Where man to ever play DiMaggio. the sport of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Jolden Joe is left and gone. Jose Conseco, hey, hey, hey.
2: the famous video game voice actor. <laughs>
0: Dave, what's your what's your gears of choice? Uh, I was gonna say, Lucas,
1: like, so you, you like the way the Gears of War one just kind of stops, huh? like the, the plot just, <laughs> just hey general just decides Rand, to
2: <laughs> big old bad dude, let me shoot this fool
1: and on a train here we and go. then and then it's over. And then God, that's I hate it. that <laughs> game. I hate that game so much.
0: Uh, I don't know oh, oh, have... oh, all the all the little bad guys from Pitch Black. We're gonna have a level that's pitch black and you get oh, eaten by space that. rats, and I then you gotta go that. on a train for no reason. Here, that enjoy your last level. That was God bad. Damn
1: that game! I <laughs> want to say Gears of War Two is my favorite, just because yeah. I think that that is the like the most. I I know that that is the boring pedestrian. Oh no! Like, no, g- no ga- I, I... game critic choice to pick, but I think that is the like the most solidly built campaign.
0: Two um... Two is such an amazing upgrade over One to me. Mm-hmm like just just in terms of like i agree with you lucas that one is like in terms of a cooperative campaign it always felt like like a third person console shooter that captured the spirit of an arcade light gun game yeah it was ju- like yeah. it was just like let's both pick up a dumb chainsaw gun and shoot things for the next half hour and it's blast nice nice, <laughs> nice. uh yeah, it was really good at that. But two, two feels like a very good game. You yeah. know, like there, there's a nice arc to it, and and going through a giant worm. I don't think yeah. they ever really explained locust biology <laughs> satisfactorily. <laughs> I'm pretty
1: sure the mantra in designing that game was "Don't worry about it." Yeah, don't worry <laughs> so, about it. It's, so, it's all um, big. Don't worry about I don't, it. Like I don't know. I uh, man, I want a, I want a train video game. Like Dude,
2: that. uh that's my most quotable line from the series is look at all that juice. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite.
0: <laughs> it's like no, what a 5-year-old
2: no. would say going into like a Capri Sun factory.
0: <laughs> look at all that juice. <laughs> uh see it's funny you should bring up Cole because my my favorite Gears of War is tied between Judgment and 3 this you're you are literally the worst person (laughs) and i three especially like you know i i too god lucas when when they tried to make the maria thing happen in two i was like guys no no you don't you've not
2: been groomed for this
0: yeah you've not you have not you spent (laughs) the last 20
1: hours of your bro shooter series yeah i'm sorry guys
0: sweet every time you get a headshot yeah, I, you, like, you can't... I, I'm not ready to, like, weep over this woman who I have no relationship with in the narrative whatsoever other than Mick cries a lot here. Don't they literally about find
1: her. her in, like, the
0: Gears of War equivalent of a fridge? Yes, she, yes, yeah, a yeah, locust like a fridge. And and out of the blue. Like, it just, like hap- like, there's no logic as to why she'd be there. <laughs> but, like, all of that said... There's a scene in Gears 3 where Cole goes back to the city where he played their oh, stupid yeah, it's version like a flash- of football, it's a flashback, right? And like he like goes into a grocery like a fucked up grocery store that, you know, hasn't been a real place in like 20 years and right. sees an old stand-up of himself. Yeah. And I got like choked up and I was playing that co-op with a friend over live and we were both just like dead silent, and like it crying. took a few minutes. Crying. Yeah, it like it took it took us both to be like, "Holy shit, man! <laughs> like, why? So do cool. I care about Coltrane? Why do I care about Coltrane?" <laughs> and then what do they do? They
1: make a game with Baird.
0: Yeah, and, and the Baird. I like the Baird game. Oh. See, I I think Gears of War of Judgment is like a way better let's just sit down and do the dumb gun thing than Gears 1 because it has all of the gameplay refinements who lets you write about video games that's what I want (laughs) to know Man, I've been doing doing this for a decade and nobody's stopped me No, no, no one said anything no one said, no one said I can't do this anymore, so I'm just going to keep going until somebody says stop. There ain't no rule stop. in the
1: rule book that says a dog can't play basketball, or right. anything you can't write about video games.
0: <laughs> so you
1: just keep going.
0: Yeah, but like, wh- what is wrong with Gears of War Judgment? Like, it is just, just It's more Gears of War. Like, who cares about the story? It's really awesome, really well-paced shooter levels. And then every single time it says, here's a modifier. Like, I love the conceit in Judgment where it says, like, you know, remember these events differently. And it's like, you have to play the level a certain way. I think it's awesome. Like, I, hmm. it shouldn't have been a full-priced game. And <clears throat> it's not as good as Bulletstorm. But it, it is an awesome game made by people who can fly. Uh, people can fly. People, people who can fly. fly people who, people who, who can fly. <laughs> people who can fly uh people what fly I, yeah i think gears of war i've never understood why people hate gears of war judgment like it's really good uh, i i mean baird is baird but who cares i like, I like
2: baird I didn't play yeah. Judgment though, so I can't speak to any of this.
0: Maybe I need to go back and give it. a... I think.
1: I think at that point everyone was just kind of over. Yes, because they were I, making they were uh, making yeah. one every two years.
0: Yes, it was oversaturation because I and like I always thought about that at the time because uh, the fourth God of War came out. Yeah, like a couple of weeks <laughs> of Gears of War. And it was just Ascension. like, oh, look, Kratos is eating an elephant's brain. And he's, he's angry again. And... <laughs> but, yeah, but apparently oh, that game boy. is also good. Like, people, I, I'm told that, like, you know, the multiplayer is balls, but I have heard that the actual <laughs> game is pretty great. Uh, that is an official back-of-the-box quote, Sony. <laughs> this multiplayer is balls, It's <laughs> Balls. So Gears of War 4, how is Gears of War 4? I'm assuming not balls. It's fine. Um, (laughs) So I'm (laughs) no, I'm I'm only an
1: act in. So uh, and from what I hear, it gets a lot better after the first act. But man, (laughs) something about that first act really just kind of rubs me the wrong way. One, like the level design is very last gen. In in as much as it's. Hey, look at all these convenient chest-high walls around here. Probably gonna be a combat encounter. <laughs> um, and instead of fighting uh, Locust, because it takes place like you know years after the uh, the third game, and the Locust have uh, been defeated by the blasting whatever uh, the the by by McGuffin father, and uh, so instead you play as jd who is um marcus phoenix's son and then a woman whose name i forget because it's been a while since i played it um but she's like the co-op companion uh and basically like jd used to be a cog but he left and now he's an outsider and so the cogs have been replaced by these robots so you're now fighting robots and it feels it doesn't feel as satisfying (laughs)
0: Like, wait you're not
1: you're not fighting locust uh, no because like they the, uh, like again I'm this is only in the first um, act of the game so I haven't like I don't know if like there's a turn where like like I've seen stuff where like monsters are starting to show up but oh, okay. like for the first act of the game you're fighting robots and they're just kind of boring. Because they don't like explode and go. Gut- yeah, you know, like,
0: I, like, if uh, I'm playing Gears of War, god damn it, I better see like talk about look at all that juice. Yeah, things better be popping like angry water balloons so, the entire time. Like does and oil from what I, spew out of them? Yeah. And like from what from what I hear,
1: um, like no, they, like kind of. I don't know. It's just it, they feel really unsatisfying to 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 take out. But like from what I hear once you start, like, the second chapter and it starts, like, picking up its stride, it's supposed to get, like, a lot better. So I'm gonna keep uh, going with it. Um, But the other thing that that kind of bugs me is that the writing seems really... Just... Just really hacky. Like, it is... Like it, it's super quippy. Everyone's got this witty retort. Like JD is just this, like, hey, we're good. time to chill out, and like, you know, shoots a guy, um, <laughs> like, and like every, but everyone is like that, and it's yeah. it, it, I hate it. I hated it in the adventures. <laughs> I hated it in the Marvel movies, and I hate it here. Like, just nobody talks like that. Just talk yeah. like people, and like, it just feels like 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 a like a cartoon, like a bad cartoon. Um, and I'm, again, I'm hoping it gets better because like everyone that, that, that I've listened to talk about the rest of the game. When you start meeting like older characters, uh, it's do, it does some really interesting things and cool things with those characters. Um, and like, like it makes the setup worth it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just need to get to that point because I'm still, I'm still very, like I've been so busy with like with mafia three this weekend and then another game that we'll talk about next week. Uh, that I haven't had a chance to dive into it more. But, like, I mean, it's it's more gears. It's, yeah. you, you go behind a cover, you shoot stuff. They've integrated the horde mode stuff a little bit into the campaign. So, like, there are areas where there are waves of enemies that come at you and you have to set up turrets and stuff. And, that, like, that stuff's fine. Um, some of the weapon, the new weapons are really cool. Like, one of the, the robots has this weapon that you can pick up. And it's a shotgun that shoots, uh, it shoots once when you pull the trigger and it shoots again when you let it go.
0: So you huh. get two shot like two like really that. powerful that's shotgun cool. blasts. Yeah,
1: it feels awesome. Uh, yeah, so you can just awesome. do like uh, ammo's really limited, but if you get caught in a pinch, you can just like six shotgun shells in like nothing. You just bow, 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 bow. Um, <laughs> that ba-da-da-da. sounds great. Like that. Yeah. Now I want that. Like yeah, that that like that stuff's great. The like the, they're they they've done some cool stuff with the weapons, and I mean you know it's still but it's you know, it's still pop behind cover. Um, yeah, you know.
0: Active reload. It's you so funny, Dave, like, uh, you would not think that quality of writing is a thing that would be important to Gears of War. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, like, you have gun that is saw on front of it, <laughs> and then you fight <laughs> bug man, and then you get laser that shoots fire from sky! I know, but, I mean, like, there's a but, way to do that That right. that and, is still... Good. Three, the writing in three. <laughs> Karen Travis's writing in three is goddamn awesome. Like, the writing is so good. And the reason, uh, man, I don't know, like, I defended Judgment. I love playing Judgment. But the script, Tom Bissell, who is a remarkably talented journalist and a very good fiction writer. The writing in Gears of War Judgment is the hackiest bullshit. It literally sounds like a grad student obsessed with Shane Black trying to, like... (laughs) Like, I'm going to write The Last Boy Scout, but with chainsaw guns. Like, no. 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 Uh, So, while you've been playing Gears of War 4... And Lucas, while you've been playing uh, PSVR, while well, you guys have been on the, the cutting edge <laughs> of of twenty sixteen video games. And I'm gonna keep this brief. We we've we've been we're carrying on into the end of the podcast here, but before we go, I need we to tell talk everybody. About this. We gotta talk about an chest. awesome goddamn game called River City Tokyo Rumble for the Nintendo 3DS. Now Uh, If you have ever heard of a classic NES game called River City Ransom, uh, River City Ransom was, on the NES, a a brawler where you played as a stubby little dude who literally, like, it looks like he doesn't, like, he just has a torso and a head. Like, there's no neck and no arms. (laughs) Like, you just have, like, torso and fists and feet. And the sweet pompadour. And a sweet Pompadour, like like a straight up '50s greaser Pompadour, and you run around cities, beating up other thugs from rival high school gangs. <laughs> and they say and barf. You, and they say barf. And they they eat food. You you eat food, and then you gain stats, and you buy equipment, and then you go to a different place and beat up more people until your gang reigns supreme in Tokyo. Now this, there have been like fifty thousand of these games over the last thirty years. River City Ransom is the one that people know. Uh, a few of the other ones have made it to the United States before, like Super Dodgeball, uh, and a couple of the other sports games that they made for DS have made it over. And wasn't there Ri- like a like a remake that
1: they did on Game Boy Advance? Yeah,
0: or, yeah. yeah. There's River. There's River City Ransom EX for the game boy advance which is a excellent version of that game but here is what river city tokyo rumble is it's everything we just described for river city ransom it plays exactly like that you're in tokyo you go to little pockets of the city you beat the shit out of gang members (laughs) and then you buy some new gear because they drop money and then you go somewhere else and do it again it is awesome I cannot get enough of this so game. Good. <laughs> oh my god, Lucas, it's so good. And it's just like like it's so funny how I can you can play a game that is about grinding experience. It, like, you know, Dave, you were talking about destiny last week and how you just you don't like the grind. Like where it's like, go shoot these things, get new gear, go buy new gear And then shoot things. And then take that gear and infuse it into other gear. And then go shoot things. Whereas this is like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Shibuya. And then I'm going to kick some guy in a hockey mask off his motorcycle. I'm going to get $400. And then I'm going to go to a secret shop that I had to jump on top of another shop to find the entrance to. And I'm going to get all of these. I'm going to get a double jump. I'm going to get the buzzsaw move. And you, you can like, you learn all these different moves that make you stronger, that make you hit faster, so you just continue beating people up, but then you learn other moves that allow you to somersault while holding a guy, bop him into the air like a volleyball, and then spike him into somebody else. This game is
2: great. This is is primo.
0: Hot to death. And I, I don't, all right, spoiler warning. But I already told Dave and Lucas that I'm gonna spoil the ending, so the <laughs> Which game. I'm upset about now,
2: cause I'm gonna play this game. Uh,
0: I'm sorry. See, this doesn't. It doesn't ruin it. But this is I will tight. I'll take
2: the. I'll take this hit.
0: So River City Ransom was created by Technos. Technos is very famous for another beat 'em up series from back in the day. That old. As... Uh, that old Double dragon. dragon. Old Double Dragon. So as you fight through the game Uh-oh. and keep going and beating up other gangs to find out who's behind it, Uh-oh. it turns out that a crime boss is behind everything. Oh, God. And the, the crime boss kidnaps your teacher, who I guess is also your girlfriend. I'm not sure what the hell is going on in River <laughs> City, Tokyo Rumble. He's got, a, he's, he's got a mouth on him whenever
1: yeah. he talks to the teacher. Yeah.
0: Kunio has a strange relationship with his with his high school teacher. But the, the, mob, the mob boss kidnaps her and takes her to Hong Kong. And the last level is you fly to Hong Kong to fight the boss on the set of a movie he's filming. And the set is the first stage from the original Double Dragon. Oh my and god. And you fight enemies from Double Dragon in the final stage. That sounds amazing. It is so that bad. Is wild. <laughs> I was like, I was like, so this is the only game I've really played while I've been moving house, and it was like really late at night when I got to the last level, and I was barely awake. And I was like, wait, what? Is that Double Dragon? <laughs> double Dragon?
2: He passed out from <laughs> joy.
0: What is? What is this? Bimmy and Jimmy? No. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it, like it, it is it, it is not the most exceptional thing. Like there are other 3DS games out there that are probably a little bit richer for for your brain. but holy crap, I like honestly, this is gonna be one of those games where like Andy, and Susan are like, name your top 10 of 2016. <laughs> and everybody else so on Games Radar right sta- yeah. <laughs> right, staff is going to be like, Game of 2016, Destiny, Rise of Iron, blah, Gears of War 4, Mafia 3, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, River City, Tokyo, Rumble. And then everybody's going to throw Rotten like Tomatoes the at me. Go. Record <laughs> scratch. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, yeah th- this is going to be your Talos principle, isn't it?
0: This is my Talos <laughs> this, principle. This, will this be is your the bear. This, this is the hill I am choosing to die on.
2: Dave, <laughs> no, how far? Was, that was so much more painful because it was like, because Talos principle has the scope of like a big game. <laughs> oh yeah, too. no, like
1: if it was called Portal Three, everyone, everyone would have played this game. <laughs> Whereas it's River incredible. It's City
2: Tokyo Rumble. It, it, you know who it's for, and those people, they're gonna love it. Those people. Dave, how I, far of which in? I'm gonna join those ranks.
0: Yes. How far into uh, River City Tokyo Rumble are you? Uh, I want to say I'm like, I'm
1: really early in. Um, I think I got to like the second little city where you have to go and um, take out some dudes. Uh, so it's yeah, pretty, like, it's like, pretty like, like,
0: meaty. It took me like yeah. five and a half, six hours to finish. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like that's with a, like a lot of grinding. And there are side missions that you can pick up. Like, you'll get... <laughs> Lucas, you can find a place where you can take jobs. And the jobs... Like, sometimes the jobs are like, are like go, you know, perform, like, 50 body slams. Like, you have to pick up a guy over your head okay. and throw them okay. 50 times. But then other ones are like, find a lost dog! will <laughs> just wander around until you find a dog in the background... And then you yell at it and tell it to go home. And then the dog will get lost again. And you have to go find the dog again. <laughs> and then this game's amazing. <laughs> Game. Tell me more. It's so good. It's so just delicious in every single way. Uh, yeah, everybody. You you can read about uh, Lucas's review and overview of PlayStation VR on GamesRadar Radar. Right I think it's now. the
2: longest thing I've ever written for the site. Really? Really? Yes, but uh, so, okay, it's 3K words, but I felt vindicated because I was reading uh, Wes Fenlon of PC Gamer reviewed the Rift and the Vive, and he wrote 4K words for those, so I was like, <laughs> I'm just doing due diligence here. It's pretty much every <laughs> every aspect you can think of of owning the headset I will hopefully address.
0: Cool, man. Awesome. What? Uh, we have many other PlayStation VR reviews. I was actually about to try an attempt to give everyone a litany of PlayStation VR games that we have reviewed, but we have a I lot think of them.
2: I can do that. It, I know Luis did Batman, Batman VR, VR yeah. World, PlayStation VR Worlds, mm-hmm. uh, and Until Dawn: Rush of Blood, which whew, that's a real spooky, scary game.
0: Oh, really? It's like that. It's it actually gets you.
2: So I love carnival, and this spoke to that immensely. Well, you I wrote also, a
1: you wrote a feature about why you love haunted amusement parks.
2: Yes, yes, I did. Which so, this like this is like your bag. Place to except here's the problem, I'm not a fan of jump scares. I I, I mean I I can enjoy them. I got I got got good wow <laughs> by rush of blood a couple times
0: that's awesome uh, that's that's a high recommendation
2: yeah but you know it's also like if you're playing the same level and the scares are in the exact same place i don't know like do do you guys ever re-watch horror movies and you're like Here yes. comes the thing yeah oh it's the it, thing. well
0: i i re horror movies and like for me the most effective horror movie no matter what is always about a tone And if I can get back to the unsettling place, I'm not, like, jump scares don't scare me. Things that are uh, messed up scare me. Hmm. So, like, Silent Hill 2 still scares the crap out of me. (laughs)
2: that's a spooky scary game all right Right. um i will say there were times in rush of blood where (laughs) i was like a little little boy again because i had to close (laughs) my eyes because i was like i know something is about to come at me when is it gonna come i can't bear to (laughs) to be looking right at whatever is about to be in my face uh but that's uh that's a good it did its job marvelously i also played with the sound on like one click of volume and i was still like ah <laughs> during one of the nice was a good old scares
0: uh you can also dave what do, what do you have up on the site right now that you want to point people to obviously you're going to be writing about mafia 3 in the near future you are also yeah. going to be uh, on uh on the 12th on uh, october 12th dave will also be talking about another game that he's played a lot of we can't tell you about
1: Yeah, uh, the 12th, and then uh, the review for that will be the week after, um, next Monday. Uh, I have a thing I wrote about Wheels of Aurelia, which uh, you can check out now, which is a really cool little game. Um, I'm also in the process, it should be up by the time you're listening to this. uh, I have ranked every single Studio Ghibli movie. Quite the Uh, undertaking. It's it's like, like I had to pick between my favorite children.
0: Yeah, but Tales of Earthsea just always goes to the bottom.
1: Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, like that—that that is the easiest part of crafting that list. Yeah, Tales of Earthsea uh, is always last. Oh, I haven't God, even the read the movie. list, and I know that Tales of Earthsea it's is so. Last. It's like it's like Princess Mononoke, but you take all of the warmth and humanity out of it. I, it's a
0: miracle that that movie didn't kill Ursula Le Guin. Ursula Le Guin <laughs> is a billion years old, and it's a it's a miracle that movie didn't kill her.
2: Uh <laughs> <laughs> I can't appreciate the reference, but I can appreciate how deep of a cut it is. I'd expect nothing less.
0: No, 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 no. She, she's the creator of the Earthsea universe. Yeah, she's, a, she's a science fiction fantasy writer. Yeah. um but Here's lo- the thing: to understand store,
2: yeah. what you're talking about, I'd have to know what Earthsea is.
0: Okay, Earthsea <laughs> refers to it's like Lord of the Rings. If Earthsea. Okay. 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 So long before people just made uh, billions of novels about magical children so that they could sell them (laughs) to Hollywood, uh, there were actual fantasy novels written by really capable authors and Ursula Le Guin was one of them in the 60s and 70s and Mm. she wrote a novel that turned into a series called A Wizard of Earthsea and it is so badass that, like, my brain feels like it's on fire even thinking about how badass it is. And over the course of, there they they were originally just four Earthsea books written from the late 60s to the early 80s. And over that period of time, they became these really, really important third wave feminism texts. And, uh, yeah, like, Earthsea is awesome. Yeah, and, and, that, like,
1: and Studio Ghibli is known for taking, um, stories that already exist, um, and, and tweaking them in a way to make them their own. Like, right. uh, like, like, Hell's Moving Castle is based off a book. Uh, Seagull World of Arieti is based off the Borrowers. Yeah. Um, and all these different things. And it's like, but the, 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 the they, even with the changes that, that, that they make, whether it's to make it more Japanese or just to, to to make the story their own and flow better within the context of a movie, um, that essence is still there. Sure, yeah. Tales yeah. from Earthsea was the first movie by Goro Miyazaki, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's son, and he just biffed it. Yeah. Just, it's just, like, like it's not it's not a bad movie, um, it is it is a serviceable fantasy movie but but like it
0: feels like it was made by somebody who has daddy issues let me yeah. say <laughs> it feels like it was made it was like fine i'll make a di- i'll direct my own movie dad like <laughs> ugh, ugh, yeah There's
1: a it's a all te- that hangs over telling, that movie it's telling that his second movie for studio ghibli from up, uh, from up on poppy hill which is much much better was yeah. written by hayao miyazaki yeah yeah his father oh, yeah. Oof. yeah i would
2: just get out of that business <laughs> yeah. that son. just distance yourself from the be your
1: own person for god yeah son. yeah that's that movie's a bummer
0: you know what my favorite Hayao miyazaki quote of all time is what uh it's manga and anime were a mistake
1: <laughs> i don't think he actually said that
0: oh I, I know well it's in context like like it he doesn't mean it like like this is all a disaster but, like, now I need to look it up because yeah. the, the meme of him saying anime and manga is a mistake is really funny. I saw, but, I saw a t-shirt with yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of Japanese text and it just says anime it was a mistake. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 53. Uh, until then, bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Peace.